Please be seated. I'm sure Jesus' disciples had other questions, but our passage today hangs on the posing of one particular set of four words. Teach us to pray. Surely they talked about it before, or in the process of tending temple or synagogal traditions, although it's a bit early for the synagogal tradition, I realize, they would have asked Jesus similar questions. But he gives them this time a very specific response. And it's a response which has been front and center for our church, certainly since the Reformation and in Catholic tradition prior to that, for century after century after century. First thing you might have learned if you went through the church's structures through um, uh, confirmation, you would have learned the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the favorite pet peeves of peeves <laughs> of the priest who prepared you. We hear the Lord's Prayer not in Matthew's rendering, but in Luke's rendering today, and it's slightly different. It's a bit shorter, which indicates to many scholars that this was the earlier form. Matthew added a few things. And if you remember your Book of Common Prayer on page 67, you get a slightly different version than you get towards the end of the rite. Point being, there have been different so-called Lord's Prayers in circulation over time. But this one is kind of punchy, isn't it? Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins... Now, this is interesting, according to this translation, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. It doesn't make the one act conditional upon the other. It says this is simply happening. Interesting. And do not bring us to the time of trial. If indeed the Lord's Prayer is part of a daily or a weekly discipline, perhaps you might want to include Luke's version in the weeks or the months coming. It's just a little fresher, a little punchier, a little different, and maybe goes a little deeper for you. The passage continues, and indeed Jesus speaks about prayer and the fact that God is listening. But my purpose this morning is taking us in a slightly different direction, though I think also in a deeper direction. I want to talk about pilgrimage. Individual pilgrimage, pilgrimage as a metaphor for living the Christian life, and yes, a word from your sponsor, I am hyping an event that I am hosting at the Sorrento Center in, uh, at the end of September. So there is purpose in my preaching this morning. Let me take you back to 1979. I was a music student in London. I was very active in two areas of the church. One was the very conservative evangelical world of John Stott and others at All Souls Langham Place. If you've been to London, it's the top of Regent Street, right beside the BBC. A very great English church in the low church evangelical tradition. So low church that as I turn and face your altar, there are four things there that would never have been inside All Souls Langham Place. What do you think? Not a candle to be seen. That would be papist. 
Yes. I remember one day when the rector had fashioned a small cross and put it up on the wall. And he kind of apologized for it. Again, for a similar reason. Very low church. We don't want to look like All Saints Margaret Street, which is two blocks over. I think the cross was taken down about three weeks later. Anyway, I digress. My other foot was in a very radical socio-political student, uh, student Christian movement uh, social justice ministry. But it was also a ministry in the late 1970s deeply concerned with spirituality and the practice of pilgrimage. So I joined about 150 other students walking from one side of Britain, just south of the Scottish border, over to the other side to Holy Island. And it was a hike, it was an adventure, it was a lot of fun, but in many ways it anticipated my life as both a lay leader and an ordained leader within Anglican churches. It introduced me to the concept of pilgrimage and just putting one foot in front of the other and moving through life. I hinted at this a couple of weeks when I was with you. It was a dynamic, historic, amazing event. But I need to say right off the bat, not all pilgrimages are charged with that type of emotion. People, different people, make all sorts of different pilgrimages. Some make a pilgrimage in order to ask themselves things about their life, their vocation, losses, beautiful moments in their life. Some people are able to separate themselves from the challenges or commitments of family or work or other pressing matters such as relationship change or even financial stress. Some are able to separate themselves from what they experience in what might be called a normal day to seek God in a special, extraordinary way. My pages are longly aligned. Talk amongst yourselves. Pilgrimages are employed individually. They are employed or facilitated socially and in groups. The event that I have scheduled or am developing at Sorrento will be three separate days of walking possibly with one place on each day or even two places on each day, a morning event and an afternoon event. Three days with a gathering time at the beginning and a gathering time again at the end. And it will be a chance for us to explore the shoe swaps in late September, one week before the Adams River Festival opens in what is supposed to be a banner bumper year for the return of the Songhai. Another trip will take us up Mount Bald, and at the end of that particular trip we'll go along by Cranog Ales, just for fun and because it's there. Another trip will take us into Notch Hill, where we'll meet with some parishioners from the cathedral in Kamloops who are running a permaculture farm uh, project there. We will get out into the hills, we will get out by the rivers, we will get out and walk through the farmer's fields in order to step aside from our normal commitments, in order to seek God more intentionally, 
for and in and of ourselves and in the company of other spirit seekers. Possibly you saw a few years ago the movie The Way. That's where Martin Sheen took the ashes of his son who had died prematurely and started to deposit them along the way leading towards uh, Santa Maria de Compostela, the great and arguably the most popular pilgrimage in the world today. And gradually what started out as an act of remembrance became an act of transformation for himself and in the conversations he had with fellow pilgrims, in experiencing the physical challenge, and given the time and freedom from responsibilities at home, his life was changed, and the communities in in which he participated were also changed. Now, that's not the only kind of pilgrimage. Two examples. First of all, I want to talk to you about my wife, Kathy's Auntie Jackie. Jackie is married to Tom, who is Kathy's mother's twin brother. And Tom one day went into work many years ago and by lunchtime went home on a permanent disability because of a rare disease. And his life now, as he's in his later 80s, consists of literally a pilgrimage. They wouldn't call it that. But it is really a pilgrimage from the bedroom to the place where certain daily features or daily needs are dealt with, into the living room, into a chair. And later in the day, he reverses the very same process. And that is his only particular daily pilgrimage. Her pilgrimage is accompanying him and supporting him. And Kathy phoned them just the other day, and as I was preparing for this, I thought, You know, to be on a pilgrimage isn't always fancy. It isn't always big. It is what it is in your own life sphere. One thing we're doing with the Sorrento Project is I'm thinking about opening it up in a way that people can join us where these people literally could not walk for very far. And I haven't quite finished that. We're trying to see who is coming who might want to come and join us in a particular way. The point being, pilgrimage is as unique as the people who seek it. Pilgrimage is an ancient and deeply biblical practice. We see Jesus going up mountains, Jesus going down mountains. We see Jesus taking his disciples, taking them away to a separate and a quiet place, and then wading back into the maelstrom of life. I retired from my work as Dean of St. Paul's about, I don't know, 15 months ago now. But during most of that time, I worked very carefully, or closely, well, I worked carefully too, with Bishop Barbara Andrews. You might know her. Bishop Barbara was raised Roman Catholic in northern Alberta, the Enoch Cree Nation. And she was educated in a Grey Nun school. And while she did not experience abuses such as the residential schools, she definitely was taught that being indigenous and a woman in the Roman Catholic Church were both problematic. Her father attended, well, I won't say attended, he was forced to attend the Ermanskin Residential School, and that's the first stop on the Pope's visit on Monday. Her father also and other people went to the Lax and Anne pilgrimage site on an almost annual basis. The Pope will be there on Tuesday. 
Barbara's three brothers also went to the Ermanskin school. There is general hatred and despair for the Church, in particular the Roman Catholic Church, throughout Barbara's family. She will go on her own for herself, for the survivors, for those who have died before they've heard anything resembling an apology, for her granddaughter Leah. She goes for a wide variety of reasons on her own very particular pilgrimage. And if you follow my blog, uh, there'll be a publication on that coming up tonight, and I'm hoping the Anglican Church Journal will pick it up. Point being, pilgrimage is a part of the life of the Church. Pilgrimage is one response to Jesus' presence in our lives. Pilgrimage comes alongside the Lord's Prayer, whichever version you use, as a tool of pietistic expression, a way in which to respond to God. Pilgrimage is often enshrined in art and literature and, yes, in music. I don't know if you've read it. I haven't read the whole thing, I confess, but John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress is one of the great treasures of the English language. Who would true valor see? Let them come hither. Those here will constant be, come wind, come weather. There's no discouragement shall make them once relent, each from a vowed intent to be a pilgrim. I love that. A vowed intent. I am going to take life seriously. I am going to take life with Jesus Seriously, Michael Curry, Archbishop, head of the Episcopal Church just south of the border, he's a Jesus man. He takes Jesus seriously. Jesus infuses every aspect of his life, and hopefully the forthcoming Lambeth Conference, which has developed in the last few days some rather serious hiccups and question marks. I digress. An avowed intent to be a pilgrim. At funerals, I often say to people, none of us chooses the circumstances and timing of our birth, and none of us, unless we're living some sort of raucous ill-health life, can predict the day of our death. Um, What we can influence is everything in between. It's a wonderful gift. It's a wonderful opportunity. An avowed intent to live not only for others, but for Jesus. Those who beset them round with dismal stories cannot the brave confound. The strength the more is. No lion can give them fright. They'll with a giant fight, but each will have a right to be a pilgrim. Guess I need that. Oh dear, if I go down, can I get up? That went well. Good. Now, Every once in a while, I I talked at the beginning about four words, right? Now I'm going to talk about one word. And I want you to think about the last time you used this word. When was the last time you used the word hobgoblin? Well, Bunyan used it. It actually has use beyond the Pilgrim's Progress. Hobgoblin nor foul fiend can daunt their spirit. They know they that at the end shall life inherit. Then fancies fly away, they'll scorn what people say, and each work night and day to be a pilgrim. Good words about a good way to live life. 
Indeed, good to be with you this morning to share these thoughts, and if you want to talk to me more about the Sorrento pilgrimage opportunity, either visit the Sorrento Centre website. Better still, let's have a conversation afterwards. May God be with us all as we continue our own individual and communal pilgrimage together. Amen.